Welcome to the Future is Gold podcast series, hosted by Alexandra Cosma. We believe in empowering you to take control of your future so you can live the life that you want. And we do that by allowing you to buy, send, spend, earn, and secure the world's oldest currency, gold, while being supported by modern technology. At Nuggets, our mission is clear. We're making gold accessible for everyone by giving you the knowledge and expertise needed to make informed and smart financial decisions that benefit you. Hi, and welcome back to episode 13 of the Future is Gold podcast. With the cost of living on the rise, new research has found that a staggering 64% of Australians are stressed and anxious about their financial future. There's a common misconception that you need a lot of money to feel financially secure and empowered. In truth, financial security is more about how you handle your money rather than how much you make or actually save. You can and should take control of your finances at any income level. Whether you're raking in the big bucks or just starting out in your career, you have the ability to be in charge. This episode will look at different saving strategies that you can use to deal with the increased cost of living and safeguard yourself from debt and rising inflation. Once again, I'm joined by Nuggets ESG coordinator, Amy Freshwater. Amy, what exactly does the cost of living mean? Hi, Ali. Thanks for having me back again. Um, The cost of living is not just something we learn in high school economics. It's actually got an enormous impact on your personal finances. So it's exactly as it sounds, how much it costs to live. It measures how much money it takes to buy necessary items. Um, And it's measured in a few different ways. So this can be through the cost of basic necessities um, and whether people can actually afford basic necessities um, and changes in how those costs affect different groups of people. So since it can vary, it's important to understand how it affects your personal financial situation and what you can do about it. Yeah, definitely. I think the what you can do about it part is what people are most interested in. We all know that it's happening, but what can we actually do? Um, Amy, on our last episode with you, we looked at how inflation is impacting the cost of living. If you haven't had a chance to listen to podcast episode 12 yet, go and check it out on nuggets.com. We covered basically how the price of everything is going up from groceries to petrol, even people's mortgage repayments. COVID-19 has played a big part in driving up the cost of living around the world. With housing costs, petrol prices and groceries coming in at 2022's biggest expenses. I really believe it's crucial nowadays to develop and implement saving strategies that people can use amidst this steady rise of inflation. Amy, let's talk a little bit about the steps that you're taking to mitigate the effects of high prices. Yeah, so many... Aussies are are trying to find ways to rejig their budgets and lower their expenses. Lots of people out there are reacquainting themselves with the good old spreadsheet and we've seen this huge rise in so-called finfluencers whose aim is to help people learn how to budget and better manage their finances. Many Australians are already cutting back on their spending. Some of the top areas where people have tried to reduce Uh, spending is things like eating out, which has dropped by about 47%, which is huge, Um, getting takeaway food in a similar vein, entertainment, clothing, 
and of course groceries. So for me personally, my family and I have definitely cut back on spending recently. We've had to think about whether we really need to drive somewhere that's, you know, an hour away, whether we need to shop at the kind of boutique fruit and veg um, shop or, you know, Aldi or a cheaper one, whether we can afford to book holidays or nights away. So it's definitely making an impact on households in Australia and globally. But thankfully, there are ways to put our best foot forward when it comes to cost of living. Yeah, definitely. And we'll be covering some of those tangible ways um, on this episode. Amy, while we can't be in control of the changing global market dynamics, there are plenty of ways to save money and manage the rising cost of living. Having savings will benefit you in the future, whether you're avoiding hardship or really going after the things that you want in life. Amy, why do you think it's important for people to have saving strategies in place? Well, there's many different reasons that it's important and why people might want to save money depending on their own personal and financial situation. Saving money is easier if you have a clear goal or purpose for it. So saving money can help people to cover for things that are regular costs that only pop up every now and then. Things like maintenance of your home or getting your car fixed as well as things like um, you know electricity bills that only occur every so often. Um, it can also help people to build an emergency fund. It's really important to have an emergency fund set aside to cover unexpected expenses that pop up. So it might be an unexpected car repair or expensive medical bills or a sudden job loss. Ideally, your emergency fund should contain enough money to cover three to six months of expenses. I personally think having this kind of savings is really, really important. You don't ever want to be caught out down to your last few dollars. Living week to week is really stressful. And so an emergency savings fund is key to ensuring you're never caught out in that stressful situation, even if you get one of those surprise expenses comes along. Getting a nest egg for retirement, we've talked about this in the podcast before back in episode seven. So the sooner you start saving for retirement, the less you'll have to save in the future thanks to good old compounding interest. You want to be able to maximize interest rates, especially if people are putting their money into a high yield savings account. And also saving obviously helps people to reach long-term financial goals such as purchasing a property, saving for a holiday things like that. For sure. And the thing to remember as well is your savings account isn't only for things you need. It can also be for the things that you want to. Um, Saving up for big purchases beforehand means that you won't pay extra in finance costs such as interest and fees the way you would if you put these purchases on credit. For example, let's talk about if you were buying a new car. If you save up for the new car, paying for it all at once instead of taking out a car loan, then you'll avoid having a car payment. You might even be able to negotiate a lower price by paying in full on the spot. Or perhaps you're saving for a -a once-in-a-lifetime vacation or trip abroad, as you mentioned, Amy. Having an exciting goal like this can make it much easier to motivate yourself to put that money away. Amy, what are saving strategies that you personally use? Yeah, definitely. As you said, having a goal makes it so much easier. 
I think the best place to start is to make a list of all of your spending. So there's some really good apps out there now that people can use to do this really easily and track their spending. Alternatively, you can do it the old-fashioned way, which is still very effective by using a spreadsheet or even just pen and paper. It's important to go back and assess your needs versus those things that are nice to have and consider where you can change your spending and where priorities can be made. So as I mentioned before, um, this could be something like choosing whether we need to drive somewhere or whether we can go without that trip. Um, Understanding all of your financial commitments, being really honest about that and understanding where your money's actually going. Uh, At the FinTech Summit in Sydney recently, one of the speakers who I think was Santiago from a company called Luminant, he mentioned a statistic about Australians not knowing about their finances, literally having no idea how much they spend, how much they save, and this meaning that people are not making the most beneficial decisions about their finances and therefore not being able to live their best life. So really understanding your financial situation is a key starting point in being able to put savings away. Definitely. Amy, I think when you pay attention to where your money is actually going each month, it can be really empowering and can really help you to make changes. Like personally for myself, when I took a closer look at my monthly spending, I noticed I was spending so much money on dining out and often it was on nights that I didn't really even enjoy or meals that I could have perhaps cooked nicer for myself at home for a fraction of the price. Obviously, if you go out to a restaurant with a group of friends, you're going to be paying a lot more money on alcohol than if you had that same dinner at home and bought the wine yourself, let's say. Being mindful of things like this can really help you not only to curb your spending, but also better manage your time and spend your money on activities that you actually really enjoy. Amy, with saving strategies, we have both short and long-term solutions that you can use. What exactly are some short-term strategies? Yeah, I um, I don't have that problem with eating out uh, down here on the South Coast because there's no <laughs> restaurants here. So um, I have to meal plan and I do save money a lot through that. So um, something I don't have to worry about, but it's definitely a huge expense for people who live, you know, in cities or where they have that option to, to eat out or get takeaway. Um, so short-term strategies can include small, tangible solutions that people can easily implement in their lives. When it comes to saving money, the small things add up quickly. Adjusting a few daily habits, cutting monthly bills and leveraging tools that automate savings can collectively make a really big impact. So short-term strategies might be things that you can put into practice quickly, which is helpful when we've got prices rising really fast like they are at the moment. Definitely. I think these small strategies can make a really big difference over time. Like we always hear the saying in advertising, you know, for just a cup of coffee a day, you'll be able to afford XYZ, whatever the latest product is. I think it really highlights how just small little behavior changes when it comes to purchasing can really, really add up. Um, Amy, what are some strategies that you personally like to use? Yeah, so there's different strategies for different things. So something like the increased oil and gas prices, Um, which are leading to really expensive diesel and petrol. You could try carpooling with some colleagues or some friends that live in the same area and work in the same area as you. 
if you live within walking or riding distance from your work or, you know, somewhere where you're um, traveling to, you could, you could ride your bike or you could walk. This will lower your fuel costs and you might even save on car parking. I know recently I was in Sydney and I ended up paying something like $70 to park my car for three hours, which was just ridiculous. Um, so definitely planning ahead in those kind of situations can make a difference as well. And even just doing that once or twice a week, carpooling or riding your bike or walking can still make a big difference to your overall bill. Um, for things like groceries, particularly fresh produce or grains, purchasing seasonal produce, I'm sure people have heard about this before, um, the seasonal produce is always more affordable. Also using things like coupons and discounts to reduce grocery expenses. Think about how much money you're spending on groceries versus takeaway and going out to restaurants. Sometimes tweaking your spending and changing the balance of that can make a big difference. So if you're going out, you know, four nights a week and only eating at home three, you know, maybe swap it around. Go out three nights, eat at home four nights or something like that. And over, over time that will really add up. Um, I find doing my groceries online really helps as well. So you're not in the supermarket seeing all the special signs and, you know, all of the, the ways that they visually merchandise things to make you want to buy it and you're not putting those extra things in your cart um, and just sticking to what's on your grocery list. Um, as I mentioned, I personally also meal plan out of necessity but also out of um, convenience. So I try to use ingredients more than once in a week so that I'm using the whole vegetable. So, you know, for example, you could talk about a pumpkin. So rather than buying a quarter of a pumpkin or half a pumpkin, you can buy a whole pumpkin and use that in a few different meals. It's cheaper um, per kilo to buy and you're also helping the environment. It's better and more sustainable because you're not purchasing something that's wrapped in plastic. Automating your savings and expenses can also ensure that you spend less and pay your bills on time. So lots of banking apps can do this. I'm sure there's other apps out there as well that do this. Um, or you can set it up manually in your internet banking pretty easily. Sharing costs and downsizing. So finding a housemate if you live in a two-bedroom house by yourself and you, you're not using the space, you know, that might be something you can do. Sharing bills, um, even to downsizing your house or your car. Maybe you drive a diesel car and, and you don't really need to. And we know that diesel prices are, are just rising so quickly so maybe you can think about swapping to a petrol car if you're in a position where you can do that or even better, looking at, you know, a hybrid or an electric car or something like that, which, again, it, it's double benefits. You're benefiting in the pocket and you're also helping the environment. A couple of more things. You can plan for your expenses each month and limit your online shopping only buying, buying certain more expensive items when they're on sale. So, for example, um, things like, you know, my face cream and my makeup, When I, I'll wait for it to be on sale. And when it's 30% off, I'll buy a couple of bottles of everything to last me until it's on sale again. So I'm never actually paying full price for that item out of necessity um, when I've run out and I have to buy it straight away. Cancelling any unnecessary subscriptions um, and using kind of packages instead 
uh, can also cut down on your expenses and give you a bit more room to stretch your budget. Making some changes can be a good thing and it might sound overwhelming, all the things I just said, but even picking, you know, one or two of those things can be quite empowering and change the way that people feel about their financial situation. I really love your tips, Amy. I think a lot of them come down to planning, right? It's planning ahead. As you said, with your beauty products, you know, when you see it's on sale, buying in advance, planning ahead that you know you're going to be using these things um, and just being prepared for what's to come. So, people, the more conscious they can be, the more they can plan, the more they can look at their spending, the more they can actually do with their money and stretch that dollar a bit further. Okay, now let's take a look, Amy, at some long-term saving strategies. As the name suggests, long-term saving strategies can help you achieve bigger financial goals over a much longer period of time. What are some examples of long-term strategies that our listeners can use, Amy? Yeah, so long-term strategies aren't just about setting money aside or kind of all those things we just talked about that you can do quite quickly. It's more about making sure that you're handling your finances efficiently for now and all, you know, into the future for years to come. So some examples of long-term strategies could include something like investing in financial literacy education, so learning about finance and building your capacity there. Um, building an investment portfolio, opening a high-yield savings account. There's also such a thing as creating a passive income. So this is where people are earning an income from a source other than an employer or a contractor. Um, This could be something like having a little side hustle or having a rental property. Some examples of having a passive income could include someone starting a course or writing an e-book having a rental income, even renting out a parking space. doesn't have to be a house. Um, You could rent out a caravan or a van or, you know, a truck or a trailer. There's so many options for renting out things that you own. Um, Affiliate marketing, selling photography online, having dividend stocks that pay dividends back to you, um, creating a blog or a YouTube channel. I love that one. And there's so many more. So that's just a few ideas to get you started. Yeah, I'm really glad you touched on passive income as I think it's really important, especially nowadays people are looking for ways to generate that extra income coming in uh, in addition to their regular um, employment. Um, My father, he's big into his savings and investments and he always, to me, stresses the importance of understanding like those simple financial concepts. There's actually um, a book that I read on the advice of my dad and it's called The Richest Man in Babylon. It's, it's a really old book. It's actually published in the 1920s during the Great Depression. But it basically dispenses financial advice through a collection of parables um, and it's regarded as a classic of personal financial advice. There's a lot of great um, simple messages throughout the book um, and I really encourage all people to read it because it really breaks down a lot of these technical concepts and makes them really simple. But the author in the book, he refers to passive income as putting your money to work for you, which I really like. Like his words, he actually says, make thy gold multiply, make your treasure work for you. Um, And this is definitely something that you can do with a Nuggets Gold account, which, you know, putting your money in an account like that that's paying high rewards, you're getting something back off that money and you're really making it uh, work for you in a way that's perhaps higher or can have higher rewards than your bank interest. So yeah, just really interesting concepts and something really good that uh, a lot of people need to get their head around, I believe. 
Amy, what are long-term financial goals that you've set for yourself that you have already accomplished? And what financial strategies did you use to make sure that you achieve those goals? Yeah, thanks for that book recommendation. I'll have to add that to my reading list. Um, So far, in terms of financial goals that I've achieved uh, alongside my partner, we've been able to purchase our house and do a pretty major renovation. That would have to be my biggest accomplishment financially, as by doing this, we've really set ourselves up financially for the future. We obviously had to get a mortgage to do this, but we've always paid more on our repayments than the minimum repayment. So, that means we're going to pay it off sooner and maximize our borrowing capacity for future property investments, which is something that we're really proud of. Well, you certainly should be proud of yourselves. Entering the property market is a dream that many young Aussies have. And with the rising cost of living, it's certainly harder for our generation to get into the market than it was for our parents' era before. Harder, but not impossible, as you've demonstrated yourselves. And I think being conscious, actively saving and having those dreams, as we mentioned, is really important. Amy, what are long-term saving strategies that you would recommend to our readers? Yeah, so depending on people's personal and financial situations, some of these might speak to them more than others. But I think across the board, starting small is really good advice. Saving anything is always better than saving nothing. Paying off high interest credit cards first, um, that debt, you know, it's not all created equal. Credit card debt has some huge interest rates and people end up just paying the interest and not actually ever paying off the items that they've bought. So I would make that a top priority is to get rid of that high interest debt. Cutting spending, setting yourself those saving goals. So knowing what it is that you're saving for, whether it's an emergency fund or a holiday or a car or whatever it is, um, you know, they don't have to be huge. It could be I want to save, you know, $5 a week or whatever, as long as you're doing something. Budgeting for savings. So, There's a simple approach called the 50-30-20 method. So with this, you put 50% of your monthly paycheck towards your necessary expenses. So things like your housing repayments or your rent, your utilities and bills, your groceries and things like that that are necessities. You then put 30% towards wants, um, which are also known as discretionary purchases and then 20% towards savings and paying off debts. There are other saving methods out there, such as the Barefoot Investor. There's millions of them. I'm sure um, people can just find what works for them. It's not a one-size-fits-all approach here. But like with anything, take the path of least resistance, make it easy for yourself so that you're more likely to stick with it for the long run. Always pay yourself first automate your savings, as I mentioned before, bank any windfalls. So windfalls are large amounts of expected income that can kind of make you feel like, you know, you're on the big bucks or you're made of money. And it's tempting to go and just spend that extra money that comes in. You know, maybe it's um, you get a big tax return and, you know, it's very tempting to go and spend that. But you know, and, I, and I'm even guilty of, of spending that when, the, when they come in, but it's much better to put that away um, and, like you said, get your money to work for you in some way. Open the high-yield savings account, even better, open a Nuggets Gold account. 
try savings challenge. There's loads of these across the internet. And sometimes that's the motivation that people need to take their savings to the next level. So some apps even have challenges integrated. Um, It makes it really fun and approachable for people um, and not so much of a drag to be like, oh, finance, you know. Um, And you can challenge yourself to simply track those expenses, pinpoint anything that's an unnecessary purchase, or, you know, you could you could take a more extreme approach um, for people who are kind of, you know, the all-in kind of people um, and maybe challenge yourself to a no-spend month. And lastly, go green. So many environmentally friendly choices are the more affordable option. So, for example, Australians are spending millions of dollars on plastic water bottles every year, believe it or not, Um by contrast, you can buy a reusable water bottle. It might cost you 10 or 20 or $30 um, as a one-time expense, but over the space of a year or two years or however long that bottle lasts you, it's you're saving a lot more money than what you would have spent on those plastic water bottles. And you're also doing something better for the environment by not having the plastic waste. Yeah, absolutely, Amy. On our next episode, we will actually be talking to Rebecca Vexler of Soul Cups about her business and sustainability journey. Soul Cups is a brand that we've partnered with at Nuggets to create us a line of reusable cups and bottles, which will be available for purchase very soon. Amy, once again, thank you for your time on this episode. It's been great having you back on the podcast as always. As we've looked at, there's a nearly never-ending list of ways to start saving your money. Whether you're looking for smaller, practical saving strategies or ways to save quickly, you always have options. You can set aside any extra money you've unexpectedly end up with, open a high-yield savings account, create recurring savings goals, cut down on your major expenses or simply all of the above. With costs of living continuing to go up, it's important to have both short and long-term saving strategies in place so that you can have financial security and stability. Saving in gold can be another step to growing your income and reaching financial security. Contact us through nuggets.com if you're ready to kickstart your gold saving journey. Thanks for listening to the Future is Gold podcast. For links and contact details relevant to this episode, please see the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast series so you'll know when the next episode is live. And follow Nuggets on social media for more gold standard content. Information contained within this series is general in nature and not directed to your personal situation. So please reach out to us or your financial expert for a more tailored approach. This podcast is a Story League production.